Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have a very, very special show for you folks. I'm so excited to talk about LLS, something very, very near and dear to my heart. You know, I've had several members of my family that have passed away from cancer, and it's just really something that's near and dear to my heart, and I, I really believe in this. I really believe what they're doing out here. So this is a special part two of the No Picks of the Dark episode. And um, we're kicking it off with some passionate people who can really back it up and walk like they walk and talk like they're talking. And I'm very excited to have them on the show. Ms. Heather Bjornsson and Karen Myers, how are you guys doing today? Hey, Aaron, thanks so much. Doing well and really excited to be here with you today. Absolutely. And, uh, and I do want to just start too, Aaron, and say how sorry I am with your family and having gone through um, cancer diagnoses. It's not easy. It's not easy. So. No, it, it never gets easier. Um, you know, we change the way we eat now. I change the way I do things. It's a whole way of life, you know, different way. Of life. So tell the audience a little bit about yourselves. I mean, this is your show. I always say this is, this is your show. Tell us a little bit about you guys, how you guys relate to LLS. Why are you here today? Let's just talk about it. So <laughs> let's go first. Go ahead. Sure. Um, Aaron, I'll go first. Um, so Corinne Mayer's campaign development director for the Mid-Atlantic region of Leukemia Lymphoma Society. I've been with the organization um, almost seven years. So uh, clearly love what I do and I, I love making a difference. Um, grew up in Annapolis, currently live in Baltimore City in Fells and uh, really, really excited to talk to you about everything that we're doing here today at LLS. My name is Heather Burnison and I am the uh, Senior Patient Outreach uh, Manager for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society for the Mid-Atlantic Region. Super long title, uh, but basically what I do is I get to work directly with patients. I work directly with our patients, with their families, with the healthcare providers, in, um, and so it's so scary, as we just said, when you're diagnosed with cancer and LLS can step in and help alleviate some of that, whether it's financially or whether it is um, uh, needing information. But bottom line is, um, you know, my job is to improve the quality of life of blood cancer patients and their families. So I'm sure I'll, I'll share more in a little bit. I love hearing that. I'll definitely love hearing that. And what resources are out there for like, you know, people who also this happens to them? Is there anything out there for us? For if I find out I have cancer tomorrow and I don't know what to do, and I called you, and said, what, what, where do I go from there? What happens from there? Absolutely. So again, um, we focus on blood cancer. And just so you know, because some people don't know, that's leukemia, lymphoma, Hodgkin's disease, myeloma, all fall in to that. And then under those, there's another 60 definitions of subtypes. But um, the best thing I can tell someone who is diagnosed with blood cancer is lls.org. Super easy to remember. And that will get you to our website and connect you with oncology professionals, 
with information about financial assistance and uh, education programs that you can attend virtually now. Hopefully that will change soon. Uh, so, but that's what I usually say is go to lls.org um, and we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. Corinne, any, any thoughts? No, I, I think Heather did a great job and we're, we have a lot of information to share about a lot of our local programs uh, going on here, but um, wanted to also just kind of give an overview of LLS as an organization, if that is okay with you. That'd be great. I'm very excited. Very excited here. Wonderful. Um, so LLS is the largest nonprofit dedicated to blood cancers. Um, it's contributed over 1.3 billion to research in the past 70 years. And LLS has really shaped the way that blood cancers are treated. Um, it's helped improve the survival rate for nearly every type of blood cancer. So LLS is really making an impact in blood cancer patients' lives and in the cancer space. Um, in fact, this is an awesome statistic. LLS has ad helped advance 60 of the 71 blood cancer treatment options approved by the FDA since 2017. So since 2017, the past you know, three, four years, 60 blood cancer treatments were funded in part by LLS and are now treating patients. Um, so we just think that you know, this is real concrete change that we are, are getting to patients. Um, you know, that's large in part to the research that LLS is funding. Um, so we are actually currently supporting more than 190 of the world's most trailblazing investigators. Um, and what is so amazing, and we're so lucky to live here, is that we've granted millions of dollars to researchers right here in Baltimore at Johns Hopkins and University of Maryland. So we are really seeing this change happen right in our backyard. Wow. Wow. That, that's, that's huge. That's huge. So what do you guys think about as far as Baltimore? You know, that's a big region. And I've heard about myeloma. I've heard about everything else. Tell me some stories about that as far as how is it? you guys have affected Baltimore, Baltimoreans. I'd be happy to. Um, so a, a little bit of a little bit of background is um, one of the key initiatives at LLS right now is something called Myeloma Link. Myeloma is the most common blood cancer among African-Americans. And we launched an initiative in 2017 Baltimore was our first city, that and uh, Georgia. And why was it Baltimore? Because that's where the need is. We aim to reach the underinsured, uh, underserved African American community because um, myeloma, like a lot of blood cancers, when you can diagnose it earlier, the survival rate increases. And all too often, we hear the tragic stories of people, you know, not finding out that they have cancer until you're up into stage four. And it's um, it's my job, it's my passion to get this information out to people because 
we can change it. We can make their lives better. We can do something for them. So, so the myeloma link started here and we continue. We have a great partnership with University of Maryland. In fact, this month, there's a door-to-door -door distribution of health information packets that includes myeloma link. Uh, and we're it's spearheaded by Maryland because people can't get out and get information right now. They can't go anywhere. There's not, you know, so so they're going, we're going to them. We're going to go drop that off at their houses with a whole crew of volunteers. So um, that's pretty exciting. Um, and again, I mean, other things. So let's, let's say Baltimore. In last year, just in our region, we spent $1.4 million in direct programs and services to people that needed it. Right here, our neighbors, the people that are listening today, you know, if you know someone with a blood cancer um, diagnosis, we have touched their lives in some way. And I will just share that that 1.4 million was was over approximately 1,000, just shy of 1,700 people that we served in this area. And um, I'll tell you one thing I'm so, so, so proud of is, you know, last March when the world started spinning out of control, Aaron? Yeah, it's um, add to that a blood cancer diagnosis on top of just being a regular healthy person and trying to figure out how to move around in this COVID world when we didn't know what was happening. People, you know, how many people do you know in Baltimore that overnight the restaurant shut down and they didn't have a job or the businesses shut down? So what LLS did is they um, worked with some partners, got together about $5 million and tried to get it out as quickly as possible, cut out all the red tape that normally happens when you're trying to get things to people so that we could get money in their hands within days so that they could pay for their prescriptions. You know, so um, and in this area, it was about 100,000 that we distributed um, over the course of about nine weeks. Wow. Wow. I'm speechless right now. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. There's a lot of need in Baltimore, but there's a lot of good things happening here, you know, and we're part of that. So is there a personal touch that you guys got involved with LLS? Like, How'd you guys get here? How'd you guys end up working for an organization? So, um, so I have a very, very personal um, connection like you, Aaron, you know, that this is very near and dear to my heart. So five years ago, my son, Henry, he was 16 at the time, um, was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. That is the most common um, childhood leukemia. Um, he is a teenager, so it was considered high risk. So he was diagnosed and um, uh, we found out it was a pretty aggressive form of ALL. So he had to have a bone marrow transplant and um, unfortunately it didn't take. So Henry died nine months after he was diagnosed. He was just 17. So sometimes I can talk about it and sometimes it catches in my throat. Um, but, you know, I always said when he died, that wasn't the end. It's not like his book closed the end and there was nothing more. You know, I knew that 
those 17 years on this earth that he was, we were going to do more for him and with him. And he pushes me every single day um, in my work with LLS. And that's why I'm here. They were there for us when Henry was diagnosed. And uh, when I needed support right after he died, they were there. And as I looked to find meaning in a new job, I found myself here. And I feel every day like um, Henry's making the world better through, my, through the work that I do and through what LLS does. So, so that is why I am here. I want to work for an organization that's going to help cure this. And I want to make sure that no other families have to lose a child. It's completely unimaginable. And um, so anyway, I just, that's, that's why I'm here. And um, that's why I do what I do. Well, th thank you for sharing that with us, Amy. It's very, very, just thank you so much. And I, you know, it takes a lot to go out, you know, and open yourself up like that. And I appreciate it. We really do. Um, it's Corinne. Well, Heather, that's really tough to follow. Um, you know, a lot of our staff members have connections. We actually have even some survivors on our staff. One of, one of the amazing things that surprises me every day is, you know, the, the staff and the fundraisers and the volunteers who get involved with us who don't have any connection to blood cancers. Um, and they, they give so much time and energy to this cause. And if you come into it and you don't have a connection, by the end, all these amazing people that you're meeting and helping, um, they become your connection. Um, but I, I also happen to have a, a personal connection um, with my father, who is a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor. And um, he was actually lucky enough um, to have the indolent, non-aggressive form. He um, did a lot of watch and wait for a few years and then finally got the call that, you know, they needed to treat it, that his white blood cell count was too high. Um, what is amazing about his story is he was able to take a therapy called Rituxan that was LLS funded. And this therapy um, cured his blood cancer and unlike chemotherapy, did not make him sick, did not cause him to lose his hair. He did not have long hospital stays. He was not immunocompromised. And um, so, so that's, that's my story and my connection that, you know, LLS helped help to, you know, save my dad and give him an amazing quality of life through his treatment. And, you know, that's, that's what we're all working towards is that we can cure these cancers and that, you know, they patients are, are having good quality of life and, and not becoming sick because of the treatments that uh, they're taking to save their lives. At Fishnet, every plate served starts with the freshest, high quality fish, sourced from local waters whenever possible. You get fine dining excellence delivered in a cozy, unpretentious, fast casual setting. Delicious does not even begin to describe it. Everything I've tried is made from scratch and incredible. The best fish I've ever had. Check them out for lunch or dinner at Mount Vernon Marketplace. Get caught in the fishnet. You'll be glad you did. Menu and details at eatfishnet.com. And we're back, folks. And um, 
know, we just heard these amazing stories that they shared. You know, um, people talking about their family, their 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 dad, their their, their son. You know, and that that leads me into my next question. And now, uh, Heather, we've talked about this, and I said this to you many times, and you wrote it down times. Now that I'm, I'm hearing this, what how LLS has helped out each one of your families. The million dollar question says, where's that money going? How do I know if I'm donating my hard earned money that I work every day, $100 here, $50 here, where does that money go? I'm going to let Corinne do it. She is a woman <laughs> with numbers. Yes, yes. Um, so that, you know, Aaron, that that's what everyone wonders when, you know, that they're going to give to a charity. You know, is my money actually going to help? Is it going to make real change? Um, and so, you know, I wanted to share some really incredible numbers with you um, that in the last year in 2020, over $486 million was raised um, through LLS. And of that, 318 went directly to the mission. So right now we have 78% going directly to mission of the money that's donated to LLS. Um, 142 million was spent on direct patient support. So all those great things that Heather was talking about and about 186 million um, what was given to research and to fund these incredible researchers who are finding these breakthrough treatments and, and cures. So, and that, you know, that is our organization as a whole. So, you know, when you're donating to LLS, you can rest assured that we are putting those funds to good use. Thank you so much for explaining that. I really appreciate that. Now for the Mid-Atlantic, what things do we have that events that go on all year long that I might not know about, or maybe the, per, the average listener right now is I want to donate. I wanted to go for a walk. I want to do a walk. I want to do participate in a lot of events. How do you get that information out to the general public? I know you guys probably have partners and whatnot with that with, with, throughout the region. But for me, like, I didn't know too much about this LLS in this area. I really didn't. How can you tell the audience, like, how we can find you or where we can locate and things you guys have, have come up this year? Sure. So I, I can take, take the first stab at that. Um, so... Obviously, LS, you know, Heather mentioned LLS.org is a great place to start, um, but we also are active on social media. So you can find us at LLSMD, and that's going to tell you about all of our upcoming events. Um, we actually have our Man and Woman of the Year campaign kicking off on April 9th, and Throughout um, the, the 10 weeks following that, there will be so many events going on in the local community. Um, actually, a majority of our fundraisers are actually from Baltimore City and live there and will be doing fundraisers. Um, so there's a lot of ways that people can come out and support them. Um, so that's very exciting. Um, and then we also have our walk in the fall on October 16th. And so we'll be really ramping up and getting people involved in that. Um, so we've got lots of great things going on in the community for people to get involved. And really, we're, we're always looking for volunteers. Um, we've, we've got lots of things that volunteers can, can help with and get involved with. And, you know, 
whether they're connected, you know, have a, a blood cancer connection, or they just want to volunteer with an organization that is really making a difference. Um, we are so happy to get new, new folks involved. So I was going to just piggyback on that. And um, another way that we do it is, you know, through partnerships. And I mean, Aaron, you're doing it right now. You're helping us reach people. And, you know, what, what just kind of gets me is when someone's like, I didn't know you were there. I'm like, that's my job. I'm supposed to be out there. I'm going to let people know. So what you're doing is helping us. And these partnerships, we work with um, Johns Hopkins and we work with um, uh, University of Maryland to make sure that they're sharing information with us, that they're making it available to people. We are working with, oh, Meals on Wheels, Inner City Baltimore, shout out to Stephanie Archer-Smith. She's the executive director and she has impacted so many lives with um, Meals on Wheels. And as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, getting information to people is super, it's really difficult right now. And they were great. Put every, put it in the boxes of food and we can get things out. So, so that's how we also, you know, can, can get that out. And the more volunteers we have, the more the word spreads. I mean, if it weren't for Jade, Aaron, I don't know if you would have found us. And here we are. You know, you hit it right. You said it right there. I wouldn't have found you. And it's an honor for me to be on the interview with you guys. It's an honor because you guys are educating and my audience. And, I, and like, you know, I'm sitting here taking notes and I'm excited to be a part of this. Um, I, again, I got, I got a little choked up because I'm thinking about your stories you just told. And, you know, I, I really, really like to tell true stories and about human interest stories. That's what this podcast is about. And, you know, you know, and I'm thankful that there are, People like you guys who can tell these stories, educate our audience. Mm -hmm. Because I'll tell, I'll tell you right now, the world is still open, starting to open back up again, but people are still listening. They want to learn. They want to educate themselves. And me just meeting you two have blown me away. And I'm like, you know what? I'm forever in debt and forever friends with you guys because it's an amazing conversation we're having. And this is a conversation that needs to be had, not just on a TV screen as a commercial. Oh, you know, passing by. But when people sit here and listen, take time to hear these stories. And that's why it's very near and dear. I'm going to pump this on all my social channels, you know, regardless of man or woman, whatever it may be. Now you have no picture dark friends for life, wherever you guys need going forward. Could you tell the audience just, you know, with everything going on in society, what's the mission of getting your mission to word out there? Because, you know, a lot of commercials you see on TV, I tell people I don't really listen to, I don't, I don't, I don't have cable anymore. I have YouTube TV. I don't listen to radio. What other ways are you guys getting that word out there for us to, to, to educate us, to understand? Because I didn't really know too much about this until, you know, recently, a month ago. And it's unfortunate. I mean, I'm 40 years old and I'm starting to hear about this and like getting invested in it. And it upsets me that I'm learning, you know, at this point in my life, I'm like educating myself. And then now I've had, it was like 10 or 15 of their friends. I'm like, hey, have you guys donated LLS? They're like, no, I'm not really. And because we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what we see in a TV commercial. Oh, they want money. Okay, whatever. But how can we bridge that gap? Society, 
may not have answered for that question, but let's throw it out there. What do you guys think? Oh, okay. First of all, the audience can't see you, Aaron. You don't look 40. Holy moly. Like you look awesome. So sorry, podcast. You don't get to see him. All right. Now on to the important thing. I want to just share a story about how someone found us. And I'm going to, I can't use her real name because this was just a couple of weeks ago. So I'll use her middle name, which is Teresa. So a couple of weeks ago, I got a phone call from a woman who just sounded so upset. And it was one of that she kept talking and she was trying to, you know, trying to breathe. And I, I'm like, what can I do to help you? And she said, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And um, the story was she'd been to her, her primary care physician the day before for some general blood work. And he said to her, I think, your blood work is really concerning. I think it's blood cancer, but I can't diagnose that. So I need to set you up with an oncologist and we're going to get that taken care of. According to Teresa, that was going to be six days from when I was talking to her. So you have a doctor who says to someone, you have cancer, we'll see in a week. And your head explodes. One day you're living a normal life. And then the next day it has changed forever. And it is so scary. And how did she find us? Well, go back a couple months and um, Baltimore City Health Department has this fantastic um, senior um, program, senior centers, and they do them virtually now for everyone. And um, Leslie Yancey, who organizes those, had reached out to us to do a myeloma link program just because she basically she has to fill a lot of programs these days. So we thought, okay, you know, we'll go talk any chance we can. That's how Teresa found us. Her friend had had listened in when we did that education program. And through that, we were able to, number one, educate Teresa, get her the information she needed to get a better understanding of what was happening. And the other thing, if I could just put a plug for one of our programs to me that's so important is we have, we have the ability to match patients when they come to us with someone who's already walked in their shoes, a volunteer who's been trained, who shares their diagnosis so that this patient can you know, ask the hard questions, or even more so, ask those scary questions that they don't want to ask in front of the family because they don't want to add to the burden, you know, of the fact that they have cancer. So we're able to match people. So I found someone, another patient, to talk to Teresa, to walk her through what her experience was. And I should have copied it, but basically it was the best email I got from Teresa a couple of like a following week after she'd had that connection. And she called me an angel. I was like, oh, that made my day. But those are the things that happen. And it is, we have, and I'm going to let Corinne, she can talk about, we do, you know, so much trying to get our campaigns and all out there. But for us, it's just keep talking, keep sharing let people know. And now that you know us, you think you don't have a connection and all of a sudden you're going to hear, oh, so-and-so's 
family has lymphoma or so-and-so has this. And I didn't know myeloma was a blood cancer. You're going to hear it even more, Aaron, now that your ears are tuned to it. That's my story. I I told you, I'm just here. I love, I love hearing this. Mm -hmm. I love hearing all this. And, you know, I'm just going through everything that we've talked about and I want to, you know, put wrap everything up in a beautiful bow, just hearing from you and just listen to you ladies talking about all these experiences, stories, people you've dealt with, myeloma link, you know, where do you see it? Where do you see all this going three or four years, three to four years, like three to four years, where do you see this happening as far as cures and things that nature possible? Or getting people educated. Where do you guys see this going? Because I think education is the key. And how how are we going to get it to more myeloma, to more African Americans to understand it? You know, um, I normally go every year to a breast cancer awareness ceremony, and it's through Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, and they do a magnificent job with that. But how would you get out to other organizations? You know, like just African American communities. How do you guys? What do you see in the next three to four years? How to that word out there. That's that is a, a a very big question. So you know, um, three to four years. Um, I think we kind of two separate things. Let me separate. So in terms of what's happening in um, in the research and in the treatments, you no. Know, um, Corinne mentioned sixty one new treatments. The listeners today have no, I probably don't have a sense of what that means because prior to 2017, a good year, an amazing year would be if maybe five treatments were approved. On average, it was maybe two or three. Since 2017, so you're, you know, I love that we're talking the three to five because 60 new treatments what that means is that translates, that's hope, Aaron. That is hope. That is something that gives a doctor to say, you have this cancer and we think that we are gonna be able to make it better for you, let you live longer with this. And everything has been coming together um, with you know the years and years of research, where we are with technology, where we have learned with what we've come. It's like everything is changing so fast. And so in terms of treatment, what's gonna happen is you're going to see, while chemotherapy will continue to be a very important part of treatment, we're gonna to move towards personalized medicine. We are going to be looking at um, as, and I'm going to let Corinne go because she's the expert on this because of her dad, but targeting, targeting the cells that need to be eliminated as opposed to washing out all of yours is what chemotherapy does. Please don't think that is a bad thing for some cancers that is the treatment and it can be good and it can be effective, but we also know it could be better. And so that's really where we're heading. It is not um, necessarily gonna be, I have cancer, I will get chemotherapy. People will have more options for that. There was a second part to that question, wasn't there? No, you're good, you're good, you're good. You're yeah, good. and um, I, I mean, I, I'd love to expand on that and, and the, the targeted therapies that LLS is fund, are funding are absolutely incredible. Um, there's actually one therapy called the CAR-T therapy that LLS 
helped to fund. And what they did there is they actually took the HIV virus, they re-engineered it so that it would seek out cancer cells based on the proteins and would basically go in and only target and kill the cancer cells. So it's just incredible stuff. And, and they're actually using that therapy at Johns Hopkins. We, uh, I just worked with a patient who she personally herself got that therapy. And um, so it's just really, really incredible, incredible stuff that they're doing now with these new treatments that are actually targeting the cancer. They're personalized, you know, based on everyone's unique type of cancer that they have. And these treatments are saving lives. And, and that's, that's what it's all about. I think three to five years, you know, we want to increase the survival rates. We want to see better quality of life for patients. And, and, and that's, that's what we're here for. Um, and kind of going back on your, your question from earlier, you know, how, how can we continue our mission? LLS is a grassroots organization. We are volunteer led, volunteer driven. So the more people that we can get involved and the more, you know, organizations that we can partner with and the more people that are out in the community spreading the word about LLS is is how we're going to be able to continue to do our mission. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Where can we find you guys on social media? I know you talked about it, but where can we find you again in social media? TikTok. So we, um, we, we're on Facebook. Um, we're really active on Instagram. Um, so you can find us and, and we'll make sure you, you get all of our handles, but, um, at LLSMD, we'll get you all of the Maryland based information about our campaigns, how to get involved, um, about local patients, volunteers, um, and, uh, I'm not sure we have a TikTok yet, but we might, might have to look into to getting that one. <laughs> uh, LinkedIn, are you guys on LinkedIn at all? Or are you in, um, any of those places we can find you? Oh, all right. I'm going to admit something, Aaron. My interns do all my social media, so <laughs> I can't really talk about it. They're so good at it. So, um, but we do, we do some, don't we, Corinne, on, um, uh, LinkedIn as well. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And a, a lot of our, you know, staff are constantly posting about LLS, um, on LinkedIn and, and, and that's a great way to, to get information out there and get more people involved. And so we'll, we'll definitely make sure that, um, we get you all of our links. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, there's some, there's some old fashioned advertising happening. I know you're talking social media, our blood cancer conference is coming up um, April 17th. So if anyone opens up the newspaper, the Sun, uh, Baltimore Sun on April 4th or April the 11th, then they're gonna see a, a half page or full page ad all about LLS and the blood cancer conference, which has usually about seven to 800 people attend virtually this year. So. So we're trying, and if you have ideas of how to get the word out, let us know, because we are, we're trying our best. I learn every day. I learn every day. I can. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I've really, again, it was near and dear to my heart. I'm glad you guys had time to share these stories. Again, this is what it's all about, learning from each other, educating each other, spreading the word. I call it spreading the gospel. But, uh. I really, I really appreciate you uh, ladies taking time out of your day. And um, again, 
folks check them out they're on the website i'll have a link up in my website on my link tree go right to their website and you know for me i just has been a great learning experience and i can't wait for my listeners to, li- to hear the show and the feedback about those all right any, any last words before you well, head Aaron, off? Uh, we actually have a very special uh, speaker, um, a survivor that we'd love for you to chat with. Oh, oh the show, the show always <laughs> can go on. We can always go on. Yeah, yeah. We, what we can do is uh, we can um, we can uh, do a quick break and then I can bring in the person on. How about that? That sounds great. It, hearing it from a survivor is unlike any other story. So. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you so much for helping us uh, spread the gospel, as you say. Can't talk I'll enough about it. Well, thank you so much. And I can't wait for the next segment. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages, folks. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there is something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself. And try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, carryout, and delivery. And they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Harper Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. And we're back, folks, to the Notebooks of Dark podcast for our special one, LLS. And I'm so excited to have this guest on. She is a cancer survivor, somebody who has been helped out LLS, you know, and it's just very important to bring it home. And without further ado, Ms. Jillian, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving us time to come on the show and really just tell your story. So, Tell us a little bit about you and then why LLS LLS is so important to you. Absolutely. Well, um, again, my name is Jillian Joseph. I'm a 33-year-old Baltimore native, campaign development manager with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society's Mid-Atlantic chapter, um, and I'm a cancer survivor. So uh, I'd like to share why our our mission means so much to me. I have to have to rewind a little bit to June of 2003. It was the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school. My dad had pulled together uh, all of his frequent flyer miles for a birthday trip for the two of us to go to London to celebrate my 16th and it was going to be his 50th. And I remember getting there and standing in line at a local bookstore to wait for my copy of the most recent Harry Potter that had come out. Uh, I think it was like, I think it was the Order of the Phoenix. Um, And just thinking, whoa, I did not know that jet lag would be this bad. This is the first time I'd ever traveled internationally, um, but I almost fell asleep standing on my feet. And then I started dozing off in cabs between museums when we were sightseeing. And I was like very fatigued after walking short distances. So we got back to Maryland. Unfortunately, things started to get worse. Um, I had debilitating stomach pain that left me in the fetal position, frequent trips to the bathroom. I lost 11 pounds in eight days and it really didn't make any sense to me. I just turned 16. I was in peak physical, physical health. Um, I played sports in the fall and the spring at my high school. 
I ran almost every day that summer. I just didn't understand why I, I couldn't control what was happening to my body. And after six weeks of tests and multiple ER visits with no answers, my pediatrician recommended a specialist at Sinai Hospital in Baltimore. It was there an MRI showed a mass in my stomach. And before I could even really process what was happening, I was rushed in for emergency surgery. And when I woke up, they had said they removed a tumor the size of a softball from my stomach. Then uh, a group of doctors and residents and interns, they gathered around my bed and told my parents the diagnosis was stage three Burkitt's lymphoma, a form of non-Hodgkin lymphoma that develops from B cells and one of the fastest growing lymphomas, period. I, I'm not sure what I was expecting to hear, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't cancer. And I did not know what, what a lymphoma was. Uh, didn't know anything about blood cancer at the time. Um, so my chest is tight and I'm kind of, mind is going all over the place, but I'm also still 16. So I'm thinking, oh my God, my coach is going to be so mad at me if I miss, like, if I miss camp and, and, and workouts this summer, uh, is this going to mean, is this mean I can't like get my, my driver's license on time? What about driver's ed? Um, and so mine's going a million miles an hour. And then I remember the lead doctor turning to my parents uh, to discuss my prognosis and treatment options. She said that we were lucky because the specific chemo cocktail regimen used to treat Burkitt's lymphoma had been discovered by LLS funded researchers in 1997. So this is, again, this is 2003. And that's so 97 was only six years earlier at the time. Um, and with funding from LLS, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, that's the first time I'd ever heard that organization mentioned, the success rate for Burkitt's patients skyrocketed. Um, between 97 and 2003, in that six-year period, the doctors were very optimistic. And that was the good news. <clears throat> uh, unfortunately, despite the fact that the chemo protocol had shown success in patients for six years, um, it wasn't FDA approved. So that meant that it wasn't covered by insurance. My parents would have to pay out of pocket for everything. My family eventually lost our house in Columbia, Hoco, Howard County, uh, to a short sale by the bank uh, because my parents were forced to choose between paying for the drugs that would send my cancer into remission and keeping a roof over our heads. Um, but after multiple surgeries and six months of aggressive chemo, my scans were clear and the T cell count started to improve. So if we fast forward to today, which 17 years later, uh, I've actually been in remission for 11 years and I work for the organization that saves my life or that saved my life. And I, I really am grateful, but I, I do want to make a point to share that cancer isn't just over for kids when you ring that last bell on your day of chemo or when the doctor says you've achieved remissions, what they call remission status. Um, approximately 80% of childhood cancer survivors develop more or one, more, <clears throat> one or more uh, chronic health conditions as a result of their treatment. That's 80%. And that includes me. Because chemotherapy is literally poison. I mean, if, if you're lucky, it kills the cancer without doing too much permanent damage to your body uh, in the process. But I mean, we still really need to do better, especially for children and teenagers whose bodies are still growing. 
um, too many kids who survive cancer spend the rest of their lives battling debilitating side effects like learning disabilities, bone pain, hearing loss, decreased lung function. These are things that you don't really think about when you think about uh, a, a child completing their treatment and being able to move on maybe with the rest of their life. But no, that treatment is incredibly detrimental. And I personally have significant dental issues uh, because there, there is rapid tooth decay that was triggered by my chemo, uh, not covered by insurance. Uh, I have uh, gastrointestinal issues uh, because a lot of the targeted chemotherapy was on my abdomen, my stomach, where they found the tumor. Um, and but I mean, honestly, I, I'm want to make clear, I'm still incredibly grateful um, because when I reflect on everything that my family went through and, and read the news today, I almost feel sick again because we're living through a pandemic and, and every cancer patient on a treatment plan is immunosuppressed and they're at much higher risk of getting sick. So uh, many patients have had to live in total isolation, even from their families. Um, and I truly can't imagine not having someone by the, by my side in the hospital, having someone be able to stay with me, whether it was my mom overnight or a brother, uh, a cousin, anyone. Um, and not only that, something that I'd mentioned before about the financial devastation, uh, that cancer that comes along with cancer. So you've got this emotional turmoil, this physical turmoil and, uh, and in a non-pandemic year, uh, fighting cancer is expensive. So, um, one in three patients actually have to turn to friends and family to pay for care. And 80% uh, exhaust their savings to manage medical expenses. Um, I also found out recently that people battling cancer, and this makes complete sense, but they file for bankruptcy 260% more often than those who aren't battling cancer. So uh, I just imagine experience, I, I try to put myself in the shoes of the people that are experiencing that during a pandemic that's also had economic implications. Um, and I really cannot fathom what other families are having to sacrifice for their loved ones. So um, it, our patients really do need us now more than ever. And, uh, and that's why that's why I'm here. That's why that's why we need your help, Aaron. That's why we're trying to get the word out. I want to thank you for sharing that story. Um, just, I'm sitting here just taken back and how courageous and what you went through at a young age at, 60, at 16 years old. That's Thank a lot. You. That's a lot. Um, you know, your family going through what they had to go through to choose life, you know, or to choose a house, you know, and going through that. And for you to share that story, thank you so much for being courageous for doing that. And I think this is very, very important for our audience to understand how important this is. And um, did research that found it that had that cured that, that you're here talking right now with me, um, and that goes in probably into my next question because it, it lines right up. You know, I I know why. I just I hope my audience understands why. So tell us why it's so important to if you're on the fence of donating. Why it's so important? Like if I'm one like you know, one side in, one side out. Why is it very important to to, to donate to LLL? Absolutely. Well, I can only speak, I, I have, I'm a little biased, but I can only really speak uh, for myself here. Well, I can, I feel, I do feel like I can be a voice for other cancer patients. I would like to be an advocate for other, other cancer patients. And, um, and 
to someone that was maybe considering donating to LLS or saving their money or putting it towards something else, I'd say I, I wouldn't be here if someone like them hadn't donated to LLS 20 years ago. I, I would not be sitting here right now talking to you. Um, specifically, uh, prior to 1997, uh, the Burkitt's mortality rate was over 90%. So I can, with confidence, share that the Leukemia Lymphoma Societies uh, funded the research that saved my life, and that's why I'm sitting here. So if, if, if they're um, thinking about other childhood cancer patients, I mean, it's, leukemia is the most common form of cancer in children unfortunately, then I, I would share that with them. I'd say so that we can have more happy, healthy kids. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Ms. Jillian. I mean, I mean, it's very, I mean, I mean, I'm sitting over here, you know, choking up over here, just trying to get <laughs> together and compose myself. And um, just, I really appreciate you taking time out your day to share the story with my audience. And I really want my audience to understand how very important it is to me you and other people out here, you know, every dollar counts. I'm, you know, I'm just here to be a vessel and say, this is very important. Let's go out, show out in Baltimore, Maryland area and donate and make it happen. All right. Any, any, so any last words you want to say? Uh, no, I honestly, the, uh, like I said, I just feel like LLS is, is bringing light to the darkness of cancer in so many ways. There are so many different campaigns and ways to get involved. Um, uh, I found out about, uh, I, I initially became involved because of our community walk called light the night. And that's a very special event. If you have questions or if you'd like to learn more about any of that, please, please visit our website, LLS.org. And thank you. Hey, thank you for taking time out of your day, folks. This has been impactful. So I want you guys to sit back and again, play it again. This is one of these episodes where you really you know, you get educated. The gospel has been, been preached. Now, this is coming straight from the heart. This is real life stories here. And I want you guys to take this seriously, understand what's it's out here. And this every dollar counts. And uh, you know, no picture of dark is definitely going to do that. Do my do my part and make sure that we keep the keep the keep the pedal to the metal and make sure people understand what's going on out here. Again, folks, thank you so much, Miss Jillian. Thank you so much for being on the show. Love, peace, and happiness. We're out.